What is going on, kids? And welcome to the second episode of Meet the Critters. Um, today, we are going to be focusing focusing on uh, the American Yorkshire. But first, before I get into that, I popped on a little bit early. So I am... We uh, So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about where I want this podcast to go. Um, our My main plan was originally it was just going to be full content on whatever animal I'm doing. Well, that's definitely not happening. So we're coming into this episode a little bit of clearer mind and a better understanding about what's happening with it. Um, we are still every week going to go ahead and break down... Uh, a different breed of animal at all, um, a different breed of livestock. Um, but also, I'm just going to give you guys updates on what's going on around here. Um, there is always something going on. I didn't realize how busy I was until I started the YouTube channel. Because then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can film that and I can film that and I can film that. And we got a lot going on between um, the shop and just building around the farm animal wise and structure wise i am busy nonstop. um so this week has been a huge week um we started the main build of our slaughter floor behind our garage um as up well up until now and continuing um for a little while longer i've just been doing everything off the front of a tractor which it works but I'm not a gambling man, and I've been gambling a long time with that. Um, it's going to be a lot safer and just easier on me in general, uh, moving stuff around and just dealing with whole animals. Um, so they have poured the concrete, which came out amazing, drain right in the middle with uh, a little bit of a slope in it. So that way, everything just drains right out. Um, and they've been, all the rest of the week, they've been bringing in material, leveling everything out. And just, it's been an absolute transformation. We've had a lot of trees that kind of broke over the winter. They helped us clean that, all that up. Um, and so, and it's my neighbors are the ones that are doing all this work and they are just fantastic people and they're doing a great job. Um, so it's been crazy running around doing that. We now have water right next to the shop, which is nice running off a of frost-free hydrant. Instead of running 150 feet of hose to the garage every time I need it, which in the wintertime that gets a little aggressive. That's a lot. There's a graveyard of hoses next to the shop of all the ones that have just blown up over the winter. Um, and well, this is a little news on both sides. Um, we actually put one of our breeding gilts that we had into the cooler this week, and I just put her in the freezer today. Um, she was a good pig, but she wouldn't get bread and that with the way feed prices are, I'm not really looking to carry something over and we had a buyer for, her. um, so she went in the cooler, um, and her meat quality was great. She was a little smaller than what I would have liked. It just kind of put further into perspective what I had already decided, which was a good idea to put her in the cooler. Um, she had a little bit of a limp, which she's had from somewhat of a younger age and getting in there today and actually breaking her down. I saw there was definitely some scar tissue in the knees in the back and it could have just been an accident. It could have been genetic, but I didn't really want to take the chance on that. 
as well of if it was genetic, it getting passed on to the next generation. Um, for those who didn't listen to the first episode, I'm pretty sure I talked about it. Um, we raise Hereford pigs. Um, we just bought a boar uh, about two months ago. He is a 50-50 cross of Mangalitsa and Osaba Island hog. So I love the Herefords. They are absolutely fantastic, super hardy critters that just, they look like friggin' bulldogs and they put on great fat, uh, great fat content, um, but also like really good marbling. It's not just a super fatty animal. It's there's intermuscular marbling that is fantastic. Um, so we are taking that and we are crossing it with the Osaba and the Mangalitsa boar for a couple different reasons. Um, Osaba Island hogs are great. And again, I'm going to do a whole episode on this and I don't know if he's listening or not, but my buddy of mine who raises them will be on this podcast talking about him, um, whether he wants to or not, but they are just super hardy critters. Um, they don't get as big which I'm not completely upset about, but the meat quality on them is absolutely fantastic. Very dark red color and just an amazing fat. And they do share a lot of the same traits that you will get also out of the Mangalitsa, except the Mang Mangalitsa is just a little bit bigger. Um, and they are the pigs, if you've ever seen them, that are just completely covered in hair. They look like sheep pigs. It's crazy. But... um we're looking to take some of the qualities of both of those like the hair to have a little bit more uh protection over the winter we're planning on doing spring and winter piglets and reason piglets over the winter is not always the best idea just because we've got a couple weeks out of the year that are just completely freezing like a couple weeks out of the year that are in the teens to the negatives and uh, keeping piglets in that is not always fun and somewhat counterproductive. So that will be our experiment for this year. Um, we still have one guilt um, that I am crossing my fingers and all the signs point to her being pregnant. So we are expecting piglets in August, which again is not a great time to be farrowing. But this is my first year, so we're going to make it work. Um, we're not going to look at the downsides of everything. We're just going to try and figure it out. Um, we do have three Herefords coming, um, from the same farm that we got our previous, um, Herefords from, uh, and I'm hoping for all guilts. I know I'm at least getting two that way I can kind of pick who's going to replace the one I just processed and who will be added as well. I'm looking to keep over probably three sows and then end up also selling piglets in the spring. Um, but again, we're going to see how all this goes because at this point, I don't even know, but we're having fun with it. So, um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of just going on up here and we're just in the process of, I'm mentally in the process of getting ready for fencing. Lots and lots and lots of fencing, but it is a good thing. I do enjoy it, um, but it's a lot of work. We're hoping to do about six acres of uh, woven wire and electric. So it's going to get fun, but um, 
you'll get updates on here. Um, there's going to be videos on my YouTube channel as well. Um, and again, it's, I'm gonna, we're going to be putting out a ton of content. I, like I said, I'm busy now. I'm going to be double as busy and I'm put still putting out at least two to three videos a week. Um, and I originally thought I was going to do like one a week, hopefully. So, <clears throat> but other than that, um, not a lot going on here on top of that at the moment. So we're going to go ahead and start getting into the episode. So this week we are looking at the American Yorkshires. So these pigs are essentially, I don't have a picture ready to be pulled up right now. I promise I will get better at that as well. Um, if you've ever seen the babe, the movie babe with the pig, that is a Yorkshire. They are the most depicted pig in everything. If you if you're thinking of a pink, like adorable little pig, that's a Yorkshire. Um, they are the most popular breed in the United States. Um, they started in England in a town called Yorkshire. Um, there's a bit of a, of a debate actually on that. I forgot to write down the other, or maybe I did. I sure didn't. Um, the other town that they questioned that they came from, but I guess it's like a small debate. Um, but they were bred in England for a long time. Um, and the main breed that those came off of was the British large whites. Um, they look very similar. It's just, they've had a bunch of attributes, um, bred into them. Um, they were exported into the U S and Canada in like the 1830s. Um, but so much into Canada at one point that they were the biggest exporter of Yorkshires in the world. Um, and this was again, in like the 1830s to the 1890s, um, when Yorkshire did come into the U S they had a big insurgence in, uh, Minnesota and Ohio. The first registered Yorkshire boar was actually from St. Paul, Minnesota in 1893. And that one was actually imported from Canada. Um, I've worked with these pigs a bunch. It's, again, it's the pig that everyone gets. Or it's a is the most decent starter pig. Um, they get big. In a lot of the research I was doing, they were calling them a medium breed. I have a little pushback on that. Um, Yorkies get big. Um, sorry, I... I and a bunch of people call them Yorkies. It's just a fun little nickname, and I don't have to pronounce Yorkshire all the time. Um, but they are basically, they're really good producers. Like, they pack meat on. We did, what did we do? We did three Yorkshires last year. Um, we got from a spot that I probably won't buy pigs from again. Um, but these guys were good. We got them at two months old, maybe a month and a half. And uh, they were already probably, I would say close to 30 pounds. And they were good. They, they did really well. Um, we did kind of a pseudo uh, regenerative kind of rotational thing last year. It, it did get stomped on pretty quick because we did end up getting 
two different ages of pigs, which is tough. Um, we got our Herefords at like six weeks and they were about this big and our Yorkies were already again, 30, some pushing 40 pounds. So that's not always the best thing to start off with. So we did end up uh, separating them, which kind of shot the regenerative farming in the, in the boot until this year, but they just, they really do produce well. We got them in May and by October, we slaughtered them in October of last year. Um, Big Mama, who we called her, was 286 pounds hang weight. She was a biggin. Um, but they are some of the best meat quality out there in the same way. Like, they are a production pig. Um, they are one you really don't have to worry about putting on weight and putting on fat. They're just going to do it. But the nice thing about them is the fat is not inter intermuscular. Like, take, like, an Ossobot or a mangalitsa, their fat cover is just that. It's a fat cover. Uh, they have amazing back fat, but the chops themselves are very, very lean, which, again, that's been bred in over time. Like, over the generations of generations, like, they've pushed it to where it's like, all right, now we have a pig that we know we can get to 220 pounds in, like, six to seven months pretty easily. Um Da, da, da. they also have longer bellies like if you look at i don't know just look at a herford a herford's kind of a stout and kind of shrunken a little bit they have decent bellies but then you look at a yorkshire that's the exact same age and they're going to be probably at least 10 inches to 12 inches longer um than that animal which for those of you who don't know, bacon comes out of the bellies. So the more belly, the more bacon. So that's another main reason that the Yorkshire is the most popular breed in the U.S. Bacon. And I completely understand. Um, let's see. Let me just look at my notes a little bit here. Da, da, da. So... The nice thing about Yorkshires as well is they're like a fairly decent proportional sized animal. Like, yes, their bellies are longer, like I just said, but proportionately their legs fit that, their shoulders fit that. So they're a good hardy breed, but they're very active. Like it's, it's tough because Yorkshires are a super versatile breed too. You can raise them out on pasture and they are fine, or you can stick three of them in a 15 by 15 pen, which people do like, but you can get a pig to slaughter weight and have decent fat on it in a 15 by in a, like 15 by 15 or 20 by 20 pen. I know people that do it. Um, that's not my forte, but whatever works, but they have the ability to have that where it's like, if you are a very small farm, or homestead and you're just trying to figure it out, I would suggest a Yorkshire for your first one. Cause you know, you're going to get something like, you know, you're going to get a decent animal. Um, they're also just super docile. Like mine last year were fairly docile. And I'm only going to say fairly because I was inexperienced in raising pigs. Last year was my first year raising pigs. 
I've been around them a bunch, but it's usually for about 10 minutes. And then I really don't have to worry about their behavior anymore because they're dead. So learning all of that, learning all the husbandry that went along with it. Now I get in there and I can basically lay on the pigs I have now. Like I could just lay right on top of them and they'd be fine. But the more work you put into them, the nicer they are. Like it's again, it's like any animal. Pigs are super smart. Yorkshires are smart. Um, but they love to move around. Like if you give them rum, they'll run around like crazy. Um, we would bring in mulch bales and stuff like that for our Yorkshires. We do for our pigs now. We just uh, my neighbor dropped off a loader load of uh, wood chips and just dumped it over the fence into the pen. And they were running around for an hour running in and out of the wood chips. Like they're super playful, super active. Um, but if you give an animal more space to move, their meat quality is going to be better. Like meat's a muscle. When you work that muscle, like it gets better. Um, again, you can put something in a pen and just feed it everything and it'll grow and it'll get fat. Um, I'm not saying the meat quality is going to be bad, but I would much rather have like a pasture raised animal or not even pasture raised something that has a decent area to walk around in over that. Um, males, and this is somewhat of an average, I've seen bigger and I've obviously, obviously seen smaller, but um, the males will usually get an average around 550 to 750 pounds for like a boar or even, even a uh, barrel hog, which that means like it has been castrated. It doesn't have his boys anymore. So he's, his mind's off ass and it's put on grass. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty good. Like around 550 to 750, that's again, if you're keeping a boar for a long time, like, and the average on these pigs is like 10 years. Like if you're growing a Yorkshire out for 10 years, he's a good breeding boar. Um, I've been to a farm that had one that had to have been a thousand pounds. It's snout was about this big and it was in a like 15 by 15 pen that was many layers of chain link fence and pallets but uh he was sentimental to the family and they didn't want to get rid of him so again literally the saying not my pig not my farm so but they get huge they really do um and the females are right around 450 to 650. Again, 650 is you have a sow that's been giving you piglets for the past three years and she doesn't do anything but eat, sleep, and shit. Like that's that's what that is. Um, I would say the prime weight for most pigs. Um, it depends on some of the more lard bearing breeds. Again. Um, it depends on size for a Yorkshire, for say like a production style pig, like a Yorkshire, Herefords, uh, Berkshires, Durox, all that. If you can get them to about 220 hang, hang weight, which is right around, I don't know, right around like 300 pounds ish, um, for live weight. If you can get it to that size, you're golden. 
you're going to have really good pork that has really good fat cover and you're just going to enjoy it a lot more. Um, again, I've cut up pigs that live weight were or hang weight were like over 300 pounds. Like when I worked at the USDA facility, I worked at, we'd get those in, we'd have to quarter them. Like they were, we would have beef that were smaller than the pork, the, the pigs we were cutting that, that week. Um, and we'd have to lower them down with the winch and break them into quarters. It was crazy. But the chops on them are huge. They look like steaks. They really do. I like pork. I like pork a lot. I don't like pork enough to have a uh, pork porterhouse. Like, because that's essentially what it is at that point. It's just a big steak. Um, but... No. So again, you can get most breeds to that size though. Like a lot of the production ones. Um, and da, da, da. yeah. So like I said, they range from about six to 10 on like the maximum age range there. Um, da, da, da. They are prone to like bronchial issues, pneumonia and uh, parasites, but Again, that's kind of across the board with a lot of pigs as well. Um, if you're keeping breeders, you definitely need to make sure you deworm them. Because, um, again, they're just rooting through the ground, looking at whatever's in there, and they're picking stuff up. Especially if they're on a lot of the same ground they've been walking on for a long time, there is the risk of parasite load. Um, but as long as you keep up with a good regimen of... Uh, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to get pulled down. But... Just a good anti-parasitic, you're going to be fine. Um, they do have a little bit of a thicker thicker hide, which I've noticed again. Um, this, Some of my research was like, oh, they're great for cold weather. Yorkshires are okay for cold weather. Like when you look at them and they look just look like a giant pink thing, it's what they are. They do have hair, but they don't have a lot. Um, they're livestock. They'll do well just about, like, again, they do better than some, but I know others that do way better. Um, that's the tough thing about any climate. They are versatile. You can raise them anywhere, but it's about the input you're putting into them and what you're getting out of them. That is very similar to the reason raising beef is really hard in colder climates, unless you're just pumping them full of everything it's you're feeding them to keep weight on them because they're trying to figure out <laughs> how to stay warm. Obviously give, having shelter and bedding and stuff like that is super helpful. But when it's 10 degrees out, they're still cold. They can handle it, but it's still pretty chilly. Um, Yorkshires are often crossbred too, which I've got no problem with. I think F1 crosses are the way to go a lot of the time. Um, they just, the hybrid vigor when it comes from something like that is fantastic. And again, you would do that to basically put in all those attributes I said before. Good, sturdy, a um, little bit of a longer torso, get that more bacon. Um, and... Again, they're just the breed. They've been around a while, and they do really well. Um, 
Sows can put out about 10 to 12 piglets, which is a pretty good size. And it's hot. It's a little bit higher than like the average um, litter size. They will eat anything. Anything. Anything you put in there, they will eat for sure. Um, but again, we don't have compost. It goes straight to the pigs. And they love it. They destroy it. All the eggshells, veggie ends, everything. We've got two kids. There is so much wasted macaroni and cheese in this house that it should be a crime. Like there is just noodles everywhere. It all goes to the pigs. All of it. There are a handful of restaurants that we get veggie scraps and things like that from. Um, another really good thing is raw milk. Um you can get raw milk from a lot of like smaller dairy operations, depending on they. <laughs> yes, Josh, they do eat like pigs. Um, but you can get it super cheap, if not free in some cases from some of these smaller dairy operations, because they have to purge the tank every so often. And that is fantastic for pigs. It's a great source of protein and they love it. Um, but along with just doing like a balanced diet, like you got to make sure like you can't just feed it sweet feed for its entire life because it doesn't have the calories it needs. Yeah, it has the sugars and stuff like that. And it's going to be running around. It's going to be fine. But especially if you are raising something a little bit cold, colder climate, it needs the calories. It needs to have a balanced diet. They have really good feeds now that kind of wrap all that in. Um, and you can do more research on top of it. A lot of actual mills, like the, the feed mills, you can go in and sit down with somebody and you can talk about them making you a specific formula that you would get in bulk orders. So you could order six tons of your specific grain that you have decided that you want to do for your critters. Like, because you think that's going to work for you. Um, and yes. So it all depends on what they eat. Um, there's a big argument in that, in the pig world, there really is. It's like, oh, there are some pig, there are some pigs you can't get fat on. And then there's some pigs that it's no matter what you do, even if you starve them, they still gain 30 pounds of fat. I have seen so many pigs. I have seen Yorkshires who have zero fat. And I've seen Yorkshires who had very easily five inches of back fat. Same with some of the lard producing pigs. Um, I've seen a handful of Ossabas that have been um, super fatty. And I've seen some that have had a perfect fat cover. Which is a concern for... Let me pop you up here. As pigs are omnivores, is there a concern of pig cycling? the wrong diet. I am going to be honest with you, Kevin. I am not positive on that. Um, 
I, I apologize. I wish I could answer that. Um, I will actually write it down. And hopefully you come back and I will um, get back to you on that. Absolutely. Because now I am somewhat interested in that. Um, oh, Nicole Barton's in there. Thanks for coming. Um, so, yeah, again, just the overall meat quality on them. They're just good pigs. They're they're the like Toyota Corolla of pigs. You know you're going to go and get what you're paying for. It's going to be a dependable pig that's going to give you a, a bunch of meat. So, um, yeah, again, they just got good fat quality on them. I have made a, quite a bit of lard from Yorkshire's. It's just all good. Um, they are really good for like if you're starting a farm because they are everywhere. The biggest thing is I, I, and I'm guilty of this. I'm very guilty of this. A lot of people go into it to the farming or homesteading or basically anything. And they do as much research as humanly possible, which is a very good thing. But they do the amount of research that it you don't if you don't have the skill set that you're already looking to do with the amount of research that you have, it kind of gets to a moot point because um, you have all these ideas and what you want to do and the breeds you want and how you want to do it. You but you don't know how you're going to react when it's 14 degrees out. And you need to deal with the water and something else is going on. Yorkshires are a really good breed to start that. Um, and they're again, they're the Corolla of pigs. You get them for your teenage, you get a Corolla for your teenager to drive around and probably beat the shit out of at some point. Not that you're going to beat the shit out of the pigs, but you know, it's going to get you from A to B. You know, you're going to get something good with a Yorkshire and you're going to gain the experience of being um, you're going to gain the experience of being a pig owner because that's huge. I have gained so much experience in the past year to now I finally get to look at our program, look at what's going on and go, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I want to do this, this, and this. Now that I know that they do this, they respond to this and they definitely don't like this. You could go off and build something that you think is fantastic in every book you've read or every internet blog is like, oh, that's great. Yeah, no, that's exactly what you need to do. And then all of a sudden, you just, it doesn't work. Like you do whatever you need to do. And the pig's just like, I want no part of that. They are very smart. Like not a lot of people want to, people want to give them the credit that's due. They are a very smart animal. And uh, they, if they don't want to go, they won't go. Um, you can actually see an example of that in one of the videos I put up this week of us putting that Hereford guilt in there. Um, I moved a little too fast on closing the squeeze gate and I got no movement for about five minutes until she bucked me off that gate. Um, they're crazy strong, stronger than you think. And before you do it and before you have them, you don't think about it. You don't think about Oh, that gate will be fine there. They'll pop it right off. They will destroy everything you own. <laughs> so 
that is one of the biggest things I would say to people is do as much as you can in the ways of fencing and just setting yourself up for success with pigs and start with an easy breed. You don't want something that's going to be a certain type of feed or slightly finicky in this sort of, in this sort of manner. Like just start yourself off on the easy level because you're going to be a lot happier with yourself at the end. And Yorkshire's are a great breed for that. Um, more than likely, I'll probably end up with a handful this year. Again, they're everywhere up here. Um, again, they do really, they do just really well in multiple climates. I know people in California that raise them. I know people in Texas that raise them. And again, we've probably got three farms up here that do it. Um, da, da, da. Let me just go over. And that is it for the notes. So I'm going to go ahead and say that is the end of the Yorkshire conversation. So is there anyone in the chat that has any questions or anything? Uh, oh, Renegade Butcher over here. I think this is, I think they would have to be on an almost no carb diet to hit ketosis, which is easy to avoid if you feed them more than trespassers. So yeah, that pretty much summed that one up. Um, so yeah, I hope that helped you, Kevin. Um, Nicole's down here in the chat. Absolute nothing tops hands-on experience. Again, it's, I am learning all of this backwards. Um, I learned how to deal with them once they're dead. And now after 10 years of doing it, now all of a sudden I'm like, well, let's figure it out while they're alive. And it has been a super fun experience, but I would hate, I would hate it if it went any other way. Um, there have been ups, there have been downs, and it has been a roller coaster. But it's farming. And that's why we do it, because it's fun. <laughs> I don't have any butcher hang gang signs, Josh. All right. We're in we're in the country, the way country. <laughs> oh, except this one. So uh anyway um we are coming up on the 35 minute mark i think i'm going to try to keep these to around a half hour because i think that's just a good round number and just a quick listen for somebody if they're coming to work or if they're watching um yes mom tested um if they're just watching it on live you can pop it on in the back real quick or if you come back and watch it i appreciate you for sitting through it um Definitely a lot better than the last episode. Didn't stutter as much. And I'm a little happier to be here than I was last time. So um, I appreciate all you coming. Um, I will post on Instagram uh, probably Friday of next week what our next breed is going to be. And that is going to be in poultry. So we will see what that is. Um, I think that one's going to be a fun category because there is... There is an ungodly amount of poultry out there. And uh, we're going to hit all the big ones first and then start getting crazy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming. And I'm glad you got to meet the critter. <laughs>